0: In film history, there's this strange fate that happens with directors and their stars or their muses. With Martin Scorsese, you had Robert De Niro or Leonardo DiCaprio. With Steven Spielberg, you had your Tom Hanks, your Tom Cruises. But in the rom-com world, you had your Nora Ephrons, your Mae Gryans. And then you had Richard Curtis and Hugh Grant. Richard Curtis would always celebrate Hugh Grant because he was the only actor he found that knew how to speak his cadence, his language. He knew the music that was in Richard Curtis's dialogue. He was able to get that awkward bumbling stumbling rhythm to it all and, and was still able to carry it off with that Hugh Grant I don't know dashingness. What we have here is their first collaboration. And before this film, they never knew about each other. And, you know, no one really knew about Hugh Grant other than the people in the art house world. He he wasn't really a a household name yet. But when Hugh Grant tried out for the main role in Four Weddings and a Funeral, he was the only actor who got it, who was able to deliver the lines with that that pathos, but also that awkwardness that is just adorable. Uh, After that, whenever Richard Curtis wrote a male protagonist, it was always Hugh Grant until Hugh Grant kind of aged out and they made about time without him. But these first few films, Four Weddings, Notting Hill, Love Actually, Hugh Grant just knows how to speak the language and talk the talk. So we're really excited for our our second season, first episode. We're back at it again. Richard Curtis, Hugh Grant, one more time. It's Four Weddings and a Funeral.
1: Doing over there, buddy. Arr.
0: What's going on with my headphones? Arr. Arr. Yes. My son has gotten into the rabid dog phase of his toddlerdom. <laughs> What's new with you? <laughs> um Do you see a scar on my nose? He was trying to pick it off last night. Who? My son. He was he was he was grabbing it and grabbing it. He realizes that he can pick and pull things apart, like his blocks. And he thinks he sees my nose and he's like, I can pull that off. Sure sign of psychosis. Yeah, yeah. Good thing he's got a therapist for a mother. Um, No.
1: No, No, I think that's a conflict of interest. That's true. But Maybe she can push him in the right direction. Yeah, she's a pusher. Subtly and with manipulation. Mm -hmm. So that's what's new with you? Your child is attacking your face? Yep. Shouldn't have brought him to the zoo? Nope. (laughs) Um, That was
0: fun.
1: (laughs) So... I think what I was hoping would happen is that you would ask me what's new with me after that.
0: Oh, oh, right, right. Um, you know, quid pro quo and all that. What's new with you? <laughs> um, the uh, there, was, there was somebody who
1: woke me up from a deep sleep the other night. They screamed in the middle of the night just out of nowhere. It's like one of those things where, you know, you wake up and you're like, who's screaming at? And you look at your phone, 5 a.m. <laughs> it's it's just not a good time for screaming. No. And um, since then, I have woken up at five every morning. I think my body is worried.
0: <laughs> you have the uh, biological clock of a farmer from Kansas in 1937.
1: Yeah, except instead of a rooster, it's somebody going, Ah!
0: <laughs> <laughs> where,
1: where is the screamer? Um, well, the first time I went to check and see if they were okay, and so I looked out my window, and it was just somebody walking down the street, turning around and yelling. <laughs> And then they walked and turned around and yelled. And the next two times, it wasn't a real yell. It was just me waking myself up, wondering if somebody was yelling. Why does the brain do stupid stuff like that? But on you know a brighter note, we dropped a Patreon this week, and I have to say... I really loved reading your blog.
0: Oh yeah! Uh,
1: I, if if you you all out there didn't know that we started a Patreon and one of the tiers, you get to see like us basically write something about film. Or um, in in this case, Ryan wrote about um, basically how formula isn't always bad. It's good. It's I mean this reminds this is what makes me want to go back to school is being able Mm -hmm. to read your papers sounds like the most boring thing as i say it out loud Mm, i can't (laughs) wait to read my friend's paper
0: no but didn't you love like taking film class it's like mm, i've got some thoughts y'all. i really love digging
1: into the meat i like what you said and um anybody
0: lovers pizza for film essays
1: yeah there's just plenty there to just pick juicy out. and meaty and then you'll wake up having nightmares
0: because of the amount of meat that you ate you're like ah you're like I'm the screaming person <laughs> um, oh that would be a great movie where you wake up and you're hearing a screaming person you're like what is that screaming and then like you find out that you were the screaming person that's like the others where it's like they were the ghosts the whole time sorry spoilers I guess now
1: there's a spoiler for you
0: So you need to work on your blog. What's your, what's your essay going to be on? Um, I don't know what it's going to be about, but I I think since, um, I think it's going to
1: correspond to our bonus episode that we also did this week. Um, there's another tier where you can get a bonus episode. And this month we did Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. I love it. Which is a, I loved it. Pre Ghibli Miyazaki movie. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. We both loved it. We have good thoughts. And so check that out. And I I think my, my blog is going to be something on just the, the different kind of like, it's not going to be a seven different love languages, but it's going to be a little bit about Miyazaki's love language.
0: Oh, I like that. Let me guess. Is it having to do with the nature and, uh, dignity?
1: It's, it's just love of furry things, I think. Yeah. No, I think it's going to be friendship, like kind of friendship, protection, and like a mutual respect is kind of his love language uh, or that he he invests in his characters. And so uh, I might write a little bit about that. And then also, if, if you're interested in helping us um, pick out, we're going to do one... One movie that you all get to pick out. Um, you get to help pick out. You get to help pick out, and we have a poll up with four different movies. What are the four movies this month?
0: We got Whisper of the Heart and the three others that you picked:
1: Jerry Maguire,
0: um, Thirteen Going on Thirty, and Love and Basketball. Yeah.
1: And so Whisper of the Heart is winning the poll right now.
0: So if you want to like keep that the winner, jump on the Patreon and like keep voting for it. Or if you think like Jerry Maguire is the one we should be doing, which you know. I don't think that's something that you should do, but if, you could you spite think, me and vote for Jerry Maguire. If you think it would complete us. Should we just tell them what the bet we made was? Yeah. So I thought
1: people would immediately go for Jerry Maguire. And, and I
0: thought they were going to immediately go for 13 going 30. And currently and so we're, both far we're both wrong. <laughs> so, so So jump on and either spite me, spite Kelly, or spite yourself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you can you can do that. So you can go to uh, patreon.com backslash romcom gents you can also find that link on our anchor page or on our instagram or on our facebook um, and
0: just go wild well now that we've um pushed our our patreon tell tell the lovely people who we are oh hey welcome to the rom-com gents uh, this is a
1: gentleman's guide to rom-coms i'm kelly mccrillis and as always with me is my co-host ryan graves and we, uh, we're we kicking it this week. Um, we're kicking it all the way back to the OG, Richard Curtis, by doing an impeccably made
0: film, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Its title is Four Weddings and a Funeral. Four Weddings and a Funeral. Four Weddings and a Funeral. And a funeral. Uh, Are you Paul McCartney? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Paul McCartney. No, I'm Ringo Starr. <laughs> oh, Introducing yeah, yeah. Paul McCartney. Uh, do you know um, what the original title was of Four Weddings and a Funeral? I'm going
1: to guess three 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 weddings a divorce a funeral and a wedding.
0: You're really close. Really? No. <laughs> oh. It was originally titled Four Weddings and a Honeymoon. And oh, that's not as good. Richard Curtis was saying on the special features DVD that I watched yesterday. That he was talking to Helen Fielding, who wrote the book, uh, Bridget Jones Diary. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that's a dumb title. It should be something else. And he's like, fine, four weddings and a funeral. And she's like, much better, Richard Curtis. She was
1: right. Like, <laughs> I, um, There's something, four weddings and a honeymoon feels, I'm so, I, sorry, Rachel. Uh, <laughs> this is Rachel Wagner. Um, but that sounds like a bad Hallmark title.
0: You can have good homework titles. You can bad homework titles. I think that would be a bad homework title. I yeah. think that's fair.
1: Um,
0: but Four Weddings and a Funeral is... When did you first see this movie? Um, when I was seven. Really? No. Wow. <laughs> 1994. That
1: would have... You weren't even seven
0: then. <laughs> I know. Um, this must have been shuffled in there in my post-college rom-com marathoning I can actually remember when we first watched it. Um, it was at
1: that first house we lived at together. Mm -hmm. We hosted a watch a rom-com night with the rest of the guys in our house. And we watched that.
0: I don't remember that. Yeah. It was good.
1: That's lovely. Um, you seemed to like it a lot that time. And, um, I remember when we first started off this podcast, uh, we kind of talked about, we were talking about Notting Hill for our first episode Mm -hmm. and, I asked you which your favorite of the three Richard Curtis bangers were. And I believe you said this one.
0: My love for this movie has been a roller coaster. Yeah. Uh, I rewatched it a couple years ago. And I was like let down by my memory of it. I was like, oh, that's not as good as I used to think it was. Especially in comparison to Notting Hill, which Notting Hill is just the masterpiece of masterpieces. It's pretty perfect. Uh, My thesis statement for this film is, it's really good, but its central love story is really hollow. I feel the same way. But that's okay. <laughs> like yeah, it yeah, used yeah. to bother me, but now it doesn't really bother me anymore.
1: I think I think if you're if you were wowed by it the first time, the love uh, it, when you come back as a, a later adult, you're kind of let down. But the rest of the like, and it, it colors the the taste of the movie that viewing but this time when i watched it knowing that i wasn't really as interested in andy mcdowell and hugh grant's relationship i was i was kind of okay with everything that was blase about it yeah yeah all right well i guess uh roll credits we're done
0: yeah that's it that's all you need to
1: know (laughs) why don't you tell me a story though before we go here's the story
0: Tell me a story,
1: Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. I, I ask you about love, probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter and not very good at telling stories. That's the
0: end. What do you mean that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. So you've got Hugh Grant, who is this foppish little nerd. <laughs> and uh, something I love about this movie is we never know what he does for a living. No, we just know that he's late
1: to weddings, <laughs> and he lives with his sister not in his, the same room. Not his sister. Not his sister. Just some friend. Just a friend. Yeah, I thought maybe. So we get to know his brother in the film, and I thought maybe she yeah. was also his sister.
0: No, because why wouldn't she be more involved in other things? Like why wait, doesn't she? So you don't have any evidence. This is just something you th- you think. Well, there's no scene that. Def- definitively proves that they're not siblings, but there's no evidence to back up that they are. No. Like why would he live with his sister, but not with his brother? Like, why is he too cool for school? Maybe because his brother's
1: too cool for him. I
0: know. Well, yeah. (laughs) Um, no, I, okay. I think we're just gonna have to agree to disagree.
1: I, the way they interact with each other is Best friendy, but it's also brother and sister
0: It's very platonic, like, movie audience. Don't worry about it. She's not the Bellamy. She's never going to be the Bellamy. It's not, like, it's not entering the picture. You've never had a female roommate, right? No.
1: I have had 15. 15 female roommates? Yes. At the same time? No, but seven of them were at the same time once. Wow. What's yeah. that like? Um, it was great. A lot cleaner than you, <laughs> uh, uh, a lot cleaner than all my male roommates. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, in general having, um, female roommates was pretty
0: kick ass. So I think, you know, Hugh Grant's off to a good start then mm-hmm. at the beginning of this movie his, his life, his living situation is, is pretty set. He's got his girl roommate Things are cleaner according to living with girl roommates. According to you, that's how it's going. According to me, that was just
1: my experience. I'm not speaking for
0: all the messy women out there. (laughs) But she is... um, There is this, this... like. Phantom correlation between the ensemble in this film and Notting Hill. Yes, very much. And that's something Richard Curtis nails every time is that his ensembles are always really interesting humans. And they're always three-dimensional and fleshed out characters and not just gay best friends or like token black guy or, you know, something that's more. Something that was
1: very indicative of the 90s. Right. Yeah. And I think the I think this movie's characters.
0: Let's talk about them. So, so, the first person we meet that's not Hugh Grant is um, Scarlett. Scarlett, his maybe sister. Uh, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I just imagine like someone in the movie, like, is that your sister? And Hugh Grant's like, maybe. <laughs> she's basically the, f- like, it seems like she's kind of the,
1: f- like, the female Hugh Grant, wouldn't you say? They're both?
0: I, I, I mean, they're I, I'll tip my hand now and say, oh, hot diggity damn, is she just the one I'm in love with every time I watch this? She's- oh,
1: yeah. No, she's great. But they both fall in love with Americans. They're both messy. They're both late. They're yeah. both... Um, they both go, fuck! Yeah, they both uh, <laughs> use as many pejoratives as possible. <laughs> um, fuck! Yeah, I don't, I don't know. They're Like, you almost don't
0: need to know too much more about her. She's oh. just... We learn where she kind of works that she's going to go apply for a job at a place called Spank or something where they sell like leather or latex. She's in that
1: place in her. Well, okay, this is another reason why I thought she was a sister. Uh Okay, because I was wondering, they seem to have a certain amount of money compared to most of the people in this movie.
0: They well, yeah, because they the richest people in the world are in, in their friend group. Right. No, but they're also living in the
1: same room. Which is the something... very
0: same room? I thought it was like a two bedroom. I couldn't tell.
1: No, no. They're they're like like across the room from each other.
0: Oh, I never saw her in the same room. I thought I'm gonna fight you on this. I'm not sure if that's necessarily true. But they definitely are not living the high right. life. They're lower middle class. Yeah. Um, and Given his clothes that we see when he goes shopping in the middle of the movie, like what the hell is that, man? It's like he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt and like these shorts. It was the 90s. I no, it, I just loved seeing bad. Hugh Grant it's in just it. Dis- I loved seeing it.
1: Yikes. Well, uh, so those two though, compared to the rest of his mates, who all have these lavish weddings mm-hmm. at these really, really nice places that are like everybody's wearing the best tuxedos and top hats and
0: yeah i what i it's definitely lampshaded though because two of his friends literally are heirs to some fortune
1: well yeah one of
0: his friends is a lord well um fee is his sister which one uh kristen scott thomas
1: oh oh that's the sister you're looking for oh well no you mean she's james fleet's uh, yeah sister Yeah. yeah Um, oh, I didn't know they were brother and sister. Right. Okay. So yeah. So they're they're both of the aristocracy. Right. And um, you get this in the second wedding because, like, there is somebody who says, "Lords, ladies, and gentlemen," mm. and so there's like a third class going on there. The, write in if we're wrong, <laughs> British people. Yeah, we have no idea. Um. So so the reason why I thought she was a sister was because Hugh Grant's like friend group. He says he knows them from university. Yeah, at least we know that about like the first guy Angus that gets married is he knows him from uni, and that's what he tells like the the jock guy who's like I didn't think college was any good. Oh yeah, (laughs) but. The rest of them all seem to have at least a little bit more money than yeah, Hugh definitely, Grant, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Which is refreshing that our main character isn't rich, and that's mm-hmm. something that's nice about Nutting Hill is that he's he's got a failing travel bookstore, and it's like I can relate to this, yeah. But he still has a banging place, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But but it's it's like that thing where he's like he's middle class, and it's, you know he's just not as rich as Julia Roberts, yeah. So who else? We got uh, Tom. Who's his, uh, or not Tom, what's his name? Tom, uh, yes, Tom? There are some who call me Tim. Tom, Tom, the Lord. Uh, Kristen Scott Thomas' brother. Yeah, and the, he's, the he's Lord like,
0: and lady. He's doofy and just Such really good-hearted. Yeah, and, and simultaneous to that, we meet Fiona, who's elegant and rich and beautiful and just a lady.
1: Did you... Did you know that she was in love with Hugh Grant from the very first time she mentioned? No, I don't think there's any clues in there. Now there's a spoiler for you. I I guessed it, and I don't know how or why, because I think this movie does a really good job hiding it, and I think the reveal is really good. But I was like, why would they even bring up that she was in love with the same person her whole life if it wasn't Hugh Grant? Yeah, that's true. But um she's she's kind of cold and cynical, but in a fun way. Yeah. And like not, every friend group has a has a Kristen Scott Thomas.
0: And not in a Fiona. caricature way. Like a, no. a worser rom com would just make her that would be her only quality, but she tends towards these things, but that doesn't define her.
1: Yeah, all these characters have a good sense of humor too. Yeah. Like even Doofy Tom like is is fine with laughing at himself. Um and then we have uh John Hannah, whose name is Matthew. Matthew and Gareth. Yeah, Gareth played by Simon Callow, who's so good. Yeah, Gareth is kind of a he is. Uh, what's 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 a good es word? It ends in es. Gregarious. <laughs> He's um, Gareth the Gregarious. Uh, it sounds like a children's book character.
0: I'm Gareth the Gregarious.
1: He has great uh, waistcoats. I was I, my favorite one was the one with the unicorn on it that I think he wears to the second wedding. I want to mm-hmm. say, um, or the third. I can't remember. And then. Um, John Hanna is he's just kind of the good friend. He's got a good heart. He's got a really good heart and he's kind of always there to um like be like be the compass for Hugh Grant but also be the one who's keeping I feel like he's the one if they're all going out and being irresponsible on a night he's the one like being like okay we, I I'll be the drunk driver or yeah. the designated driver. <laughs> oh, fine, I'll be the I'll be the drunk, be the drunk, driver. drunk driver. No, he's the designated <laughs> driver. And I think that's the friend group,
0: right? Uh, and then the the dish his brother who oh yeah, that's right uh, and we we find out in a very well no we already found out that um, the drunk driver is is lovers with um Gareth sorry John Hannah Oh John Hannah. yeah Matthew. John, just call him the drunk driver
1: John Hannah and Gareth seem to have been in a, a long-term relationship and they're the only they're the only two of this friend group that are actually dating somebody at the beginning of the movie
0: yeah 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 and, and then Hugh Grant's brother so the first Hugh the, Grant's brother who is deaf yeah. And the first like 10 minutes is us being introduced to all these characters and individual kind of, you know, just like everyone's getting ready for the wedding and, you know, Hugh Grant's late, but everyone else is like, you know, Gareth is cooking this like grease fire of, gosh, I wanted that British breakfast. It looks so good. Just English breakfast. Eggs and bakey and sausage and all this stuff. Beans and and tomatoes. Tomatoes and nice crispy Mm. bacon. Tomatoes, sausages, nice crispy bacon. Nice crispy bacon. Uh, and they go to this wedding and, you know, there's comic foibles and Hugh Grant, Hugh Grant loses or he left the rings at home, yeah. which is very me. I, I was it me in that moment. <laughs> that was very you. It's like, oh, this is a relatable film because everyone's like all his friends are like, of course he forgot the rings. I was in charge of the rings for your wedding and I still got mine.
1: So you must have done something, I, right? I don't know how. Yeah. Like, I'm sure I checked a hundred times that day. <laughs>
0: It was your only job. Uh, and then uh, Hugh Grant meets Andy McDowell, and she's a stunner in this beautiful, not Victorian hat, but it's a big British ladies hat. It's like what you would wear to the Kentucky Derby. It's an Audrey
1: Hepburn from um, My Fair Lady hat. Yeah. 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 It's a Derby hat for sure. It would make Rex Harrison go, yoza. <laughs> it also protect you from the rain.
0: Right. Which well, she, she doesn't notice. do
1: later on in the movie.
0: Wear a hat, Andy McDowell. I don't understand She Andy didn't McDowell's notice character. that it was still raining. That's why. <sighs> we'll that, get to that. Yeah, that's why. Yeah.
1: Is it still raining? I hadn't noticed. Uh,
0: and he's like, wow. Huh, hubba hubba. Yeah. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> hubba. Hubba hubba. Uh, <laughs> Andy McDowell. <laughs> uh, so the wedding proceeds, and then we also meet a few more characters. We meet... Um, Ber- Bernard, Bernard Sinjin. John, um, who also plays Devaney. his brother in two weeks notice. Yeah, he's great. And Emma Thompson's sister is the girl that Lydia he fancies Lydia. Yeah. And they get married and that's Emma Thompson's sister. And Emma Thompson wrote with Richard Curtis in the eighties. They used to be writers together on oh my like, gosh. TV like, sitcoms like this movie. This movie feels like,
1: why aren't any of the, like I was watching this movie and I was like, why aren't there any characters from Gosford Park in this movie? And then I realized Lydia, Lydia is the only one that's in Gosford Park. Mm-hmm. But it, it's one of those British movies that just has such a huge ensemble cast,
0: a really good quality cast because it's not like they're all huge stars, but it's just like you're reliable, you're reliable, you're reliable.
1: Yeah, like um, Bernard's dad. Bernard is in the third wedding. The... He he is the third wedding, and his dad who's really no angry, no the
0: second wedding. The
1: third wedding
0: is Annie McDowell's wedding. You're right. Because the You're fourth right. wedding is Hugh Grant's wedding. The
1: second wedding. His Bernard's dad is somebody that I he always plays the bad guy in something because he has yeah. the perfect frown face. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, and then there's um Roan Atkinson. Oh. Who plays the bumbling priest. I love him. I don't know why he wasn't the priest at like I, I just would have loved it if he was like at the third wedding somehow. And he had like right. he had quit the the priesthood and decided Ugh. to like, you know, <laughs>
0: moved to Scotland for some reason. I just love his interaction with Kristen Scott Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like... <laughs> so yeah, basically, what's it's, the plot? I mean, that's the plot. It's four weddings and a funeral. And a funeral. And so we'll get to the spoiler now that what the funeral well, is... Well, it's three weddings, a funeral, then and a then wedding. A f- and then a wedding. So that's what it should be called. called. Yeah. Three weddings, interlude, funeral, interlude, wedding. <laughs> but I really like how it jumps like that, where
1: it's just, it jumps immediately from... The end of the first wedding, after spoiler alert, Hugh Grant and Andy McDowell hook up. Now there's a spoiler for you. Mm-hmm. Um, to the next wedding, it's like there's there's no time in between that time, and yeah. I, I really love that jump. And that's how wedding season feels. It's going from like wedding to wedding, and it only takes. Okay, so between the first wedding and the second wedding, the the two characters that get married in the second wedding hook up at the end of the first wedding. Yeah, Bernard and Lydia, and it's like. Three months. Yeah. Moving fast, kids. Well, a- they seem like they had been friends for a very long yeah. time, though.
0: Yeah, it was very sweet.
1: Yeah. Okay, but we need to talk. Let's, that's the the movie. Let's talk about the relationship.
0: Well, yeah, so there's, <laughs> there's much to it. That's the problem. So Hugh Grant meets Annie McDowell. They have, She's American. Yeah, they have flirty dialogue. They hook up. She's got to go home, and, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, well, that was fun, but you don't live here, so bye. Uh-huh. Uh, And then he sees her at the second wedding. He's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have like another amazing night with her. And then she's like, this is my fiance. He's like rats. Oh, and that's when we meet all of his ex-girlfriends. Yes.
1: Oh my gosh. Let's put a pause and talk about that. Have you had that dream before?
0: I don't have (laughs) ex-girlfriends. Oh, that's right.
1: Um, I uh... definitely had a dream where multiple of my ex-girlfriends were talking to me at the same time. and It's nerve wracking. I, I, This world that Hugh Grant in is the most insular world I've ever seen. Yeah. Because not only is his brother at also all of these weddings, so his brother must be friends with all these people too. Right, right. So there's that. I think the only wedding he's not, he's not at the wedding in, um, no, he is because she invites him. He's at uh, Andy McDowell's wedding. Um, But she's there. All of his ex-girlfriends are there. Uh, at the second wedding, but one of them is also there at Andy McDowell's wedding for some reason. Yeah.
0: How does she know? How does she
1: factor into Andy McDowell?
0: I guess hen is really connected because it's like Scotland aristocracy.
1: Like this is the reason why there are children born that out of gene wedlock that should not have happened. (laughs) Like there's, Like at the end of the movie, Tom, the doofy Lord uh, finally gets to be with somebody and they check and they are related, but distantly. And so like, it's okay. And it's like, Uh. (laughs) it probably is like, I didn't check. I I didn't rewind, but like, I don't think they're actually
0: related by blood. They're like, they're second cousins. I don't know what, what counts for second cousins. Play the mean girls
1: clip here. What? He's a good kisser. He's your cousin.
0: Yeah, but he's my first cousin. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um,
1: but yeah at like the at least the friend group is so insular that it's like how how do you how do you guys function like this
0: yeah I wonder I kind of jealous because I'm I'm just what I my head canon is they went to university in London and then just kind of stayed there and everyone just kind of stayed around London and got jobs there. I kind of wish that that spread apart
1: I mean it's it's not how life works and you don't end up changing very much if that's what happens a lot of the time but I, I miss that everybody spread out so much after college. You you wish that didn't happen? That everybody stayed in. I don't wish, like it's one of those, those things where I don't wish, but I wish at the same time yeah. because there is something I miss about all of my friends that went elsewhere.
0: Yeah, because no one or most of us when we were at, our college was like, we are not staying in this fine town. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not like we were in Nowheresville, Eastern Washington, but we were pretty much in Nowheresville, Eastern Washington, and we had to move on. And I don't know, if we went to a school in, like, New York or somewhere, like, somewhere where it's like, oh, yeah, I can just stay here and settle down. But, I mean, I think
1: all of these people, like, left university and stayed in England. Yeah. I think all of my... my my close friends from college are still in the States or left and came back, but the United States is so big. Yeah. It makes hard it harder to, stay, to like stay in touch. Yeah. So Andy McDowell and him, you're you're saying that they
0: hook up. They hook up at the second wedding.
1: Well, yeah, after after he finds out that she is fianced to a Scottish lord. He owns half of Scotland. Uh, yeah. And who's a Redgrave, actually. Corin Redgrave. Yeah.
0: Brother of Lynn and Vanessa. Vanessa's third cousin. <laughs> uh, so Hugh Grant's got a great line later in the movie where he says, "You ruthlessly slept with me twice." Yeah, which is true. Yeah, I just have to say, I'm more on
1: Hugh Grant's side than Andy McDowell's in this film.
0: Yeah, and I just can I feel a little grossed out that Andy McDowell would sleep with Hugh Grant at the second wedding? Can well, I? You s- don't.
1: You don't like. You don't like the look of Hugh Grant. You don't like the foppishness. Why oh, are you so no. grossed out? I get it, oh,
0: Okay. <laughs> but it makes me like her a little less.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to say that there is, there is something like everybody kind of has their own uh, deal with monogamy when you're dating or fiance to somebody. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to judge her too harshly on that because everybody does their own thing. But I don't know if this movie establishes enough that it doesn't establish enough until after the second wedding that that's kind of okay for them
0: like i don't like everyone else gets like just enough for me to like get their situation mm-hmm. uh and like like take the girl that falls for uh the deaf brother like oh yeah she's really great there's something about just her behavior and like her seeing him and then we meet her later and she's like learned went, a little bit of sign language she went out and learned sign language and so I'm like noble wow you like really want to know this guy and you like like you were hoping that you would run into him and you were like hoping that this would happen and like and you, you know just that went for it that's like all physical as
1: well because like we know that what's his brother's name David David we know that David is like not only like really intuitive, but like a cool guy. Yeah. But she chill. doesn't know that she just thinks he's super fucking foxy. Yeah. <laughs> and so she went out and learned sign languages and she's like, okay, if I'm going to do this with this guy, I got to like commit. And so
0: she's really cool as a character. Yeah. And so I'm like, I, I get her. Like, I don't know a lot about her, but I get her. Anna McDowell has the most screen time out of like all the characters next to Hugh Grant. And mm-hmm. I don't feel like I know her. And I don't feel like I know her situation. I know that her marriage ended quickly and poorly and it's just kind of like not surprising in (laughs) the sense of like, well, you did cheat on him a few months ago. So, yeah, (laughs) like clearly something you're not in heaven with your fiance if you're going to sleep with Hugh Grant.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, again, I. I don't know if they have a different rules for their relationship. She kind of brings up later that like, she's like, I told him that if he cheats on me when we're married, then you know, it's over. I'm, I'm, I'm going to kill him. Oh, okay. And so,
0: so what that, what I, I that, guess verse? I could get into that of like, Oh no, we're cool with some open stuff. I yeah. Can get I think they're, that.
1: they're kind of open until then. Um, kay. but I think the thing that really clued me into Fiona being into Hugh Grant and I only really got it this time. Why was because Fiona, when she first sees, uh, Andy McDowell's character, she's like, Oh yeah. She like used to work for Vogue or whatever. Huge slut. Yeah. Yeah. He's and like she,
0: pretty. And she's like a slut.
1: Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, maybe there's some jealousy, jealousy going on here. Yeah. Shouldn't call somebody a slut, but then later on, we like get to the point when um, Andy McDowell and Hugh Grant kind of do that thing where they lay out like how many people they've slept with. Yeah, and Andy McDowell is no uh, rookie in the bed. No, we shall say, um, <laughs> uh, like, you and Sarah didn't have the chance to do this, but Robin, Robin and I did compare notes. Um, and so I, I have to say, there's something that I actually liked about that scene. Because to me,
0: as the prude, I was so just like not gobsmacked by her her experiencedness, but just kind of like, okay, (laughs) like I was like Hugh Grant. I'm like, I don't know what to do with all this information. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: there's I, I think that there's something like it. It's right after this where he's supposed to go meet his brother that he chases after her. Right. Yeah. And says that he loves her yeah and I think there's something very essential in being in a good relationship where you have to recognize that people came before you, generally speaking, yeah, um, whether it's sexually or romantically or just like anything, yep, um, you are not generally the first person in somebody's life, right. and um, having that conversation with your partner and being able to like like love them even though they've loved other people is something that's really indicative of a healthy relationship. So I really thought that like Hugh Grant absorbing the information, obviously it affected him. And he was like, okay, I, I, we are on a little uneven playing fields here that
0: you can't be like, he has to be intimidated.
1: Right, exactly. But then she keeps seeking him out, which gives him that permission to be like, look, there is something here. I love you. But then she rejects him. She doesn't reject him. She's, she's basically like, that's a great compliment. And she's like living in
0: this, I, I would almost call it a honeymoon phase before she's married. Yeah, because she's like, that's nice. Hey, you should come to my wedding.
1: Yeah. And it, like, that's nice. If you can live your life like that, I'm not going to judge you for that. But at that point in the movie, both Robin and I were like, you don't deserve Hugh Grant. Exactly. Because Hugh Grant is bringing so much. Yeah. And we're getting nothing. And he's funny. I like Hugh Grant so much in this movie. Mm-hmm. He's nervous. He's a nervous guy as well because he like, he, he's nervous about his glasses and he doesn't talk about it. But you can see whenever he's trying to make like a good impression on Andy McDowell, he takes off his glasses. So he looks less nerdy. Yeah. I noticed that. I um, like his glasses. Me too. We were both like, put them on. You're, you're, you you look nice. Really handsome. I think in the nineties, it was extra nerdy to wear glasses. Yeah.
0: So he eventually goes to Andy McDowell's wedding and that's when uh, Gareth passes away, which oh, is, It hurts. It hurts, and it should hurt. It, the death
1: should hurt. This movie really makes
0: you feel. Yeah, uh, and then you know, Hugh Grant has lost a friend and has also lost a lover in Anna McDowell. This this is Mike Newell, right? Uh,
1: yes. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, I, I I think part and parcel to how this movie is drawn by Richard Curtis, mm-hmm. where you see these relationships come together slowly over time and you get to see how people relate to each other over time. Yeah. Like we don't even get of how close of friends that Tom and Hugh Grant really are until they're like, you know, we're basically married. Like you and I are like single people. We might as well just be like given and be single together because Mm -hmm. we've just been friends and single for such a long time. Mm -hmm. But that scene where Gareth dies, he's in the back getting redder and redder for like, a minute and a half before he actually collapses. Yeah, and this the filmmaking of Mike Newell is it's magnificent. Yeah, I want to say like this. I don't. I think there are things to criticize about this movie. I even think there's filmic things to criticize about this movie, like the lightning lighting in that last scene it bugs yeah. me. <laughs> but but I do think that he cares very much about how all the characters are feeling and doing, and yeah. it builds that over time for us.
0: I was watching the making of on the DVD, and it was talking about. How low budget the film was 4.4 4 million. Uh, it was like super low budget, for really this, low. This film, luckily, Hugh Grant wasn't expensive yet, yeah. Um, and a lot of the actors weren't expensive. And like Andy McDowell was talking about, it, and she's like, Oh, I got ex- offered like way more, like higher priced jobs, but all the scripts sucked. And I wanted to work on four weddings because the script was so good. And it's like, yeah. yeah, um, but they during the Scottish wedding, there's a shot where they're like all standing in this doorway and it's like this really deep composition where Uh everybody's doing something in the background. Yeah. And Mike Newell was like, I didn't want to do that, but I had 45 minutes to get one scene done. And I knew that if I wanted to do like different cuts, it was going to take too long. So I only had time to do one shot. So I just composed it in this way. And I'm like, I love that. That's a great shot because you compose it in such a, like, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, it's like just everything's set in place correctly where it's like Scarlet's over here and Hugh Grant's over there. And you just get the dynamic of the relationship. Someone who else who does this really well is Wes Spielberg. No. Well, I would say Spielberg, Spielberg but also Wes Anderson uh, in Royal Tenenbaums. Every scene, the family members are set in a way that is indicative of where they're at in the fame family dynamic. So mm-hmm. like, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is always in the back in the corner. Watch it. Every single scene, she's always in the back in the corner. Well, not every single scene, but <laughs> <laughs> on the bus, in the bathroom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when she walks off the bus, when she walks up to, no.
0: But like you've always got someone ahead of her when it's a group sure. shot. Mm-hmm. And he, Mike Newell does the same thing where it's like, we get the dynamic. Like there's another great shot in the at the fourth wedding. where at, We're at Hugh Grant's wedding and they're sitting at this park bench and they're just kind of like, like sitting on this bench, but someone's sitting, someone's leaning, like it's just, yeah. you just get it, the dynamic.
1: It looks like a, like a Da Vinci painting or like some, some sort of uh Renaissance era painting where like everybody's standing a particular way and that means something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like all the eye lines are particular, even shots with just a single person. Like I'm thinking of speaking of the last wedding where Hugh Grant is looking down the aisle, and mm-hmm. there's nobody else in the church but Hugh Grant, and it just feels like the church goes on forever. Yeah, and he feels so small in that frame, and yeah. it's like, what is he gonna do?
0: Yeah. So we get to the funeral, and it's really beautiful, and we hear from um, John John Hannah's speech makes me cry every time I watch this movie. It's really beautiful. It's moving, and it's and it's it's tra- tragic, but also just. Shows us the times of like, he's not allowed because of society to like actually express his full love. Yeah. The priest refers to him as, um, his closest friend, which feels like a wink. Like the priest is like, I know, but I can't say it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it feels like Richard Curtis and Mike Newell being like, we're looking at you world. Yeah. Like this is, this is, this love is important, Yeah, but this is how you as a world are choosing to talk about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The other tidbit I got from the documentary was Ian McKellen was really moved that uh, this is how a gay man's death is portrayed. It's not an AIDS death like yeah. in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. which is what everyone was talking about in the time. But it's just he's a normal dude, and <laughs>
1: I think uh, Gareth would take umbrage at being called normal. But yes, very much so. I get what you're saying.
0: <laughs> but he like that was the thing is like <laughs> they weren't trying to make a effigy or like no. you know it was just it people, was just people move move on and pass away and you know we shouldn't we shouldn't make it it was tragic because he was human yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah
1: and yeah it's it's funny how much like this scene impacts like basically the rest of the movie because they all lose him and he was he was the life of their group and they're still they still go on afterwards but it really is what puts a fire under Hugh Grant's ass obviously because we get when when he meets all four of his other girlfriends, he also runs into Hen, Mm -hmm. right? And Hen is his ex that seems like it was a very dramatic affair.
0: Yeah, and it was like the ex that maybe got away and like it ended really bad because she's really emotional around him and he feels really terrible about it. And
1: he ends up getting engaged and about to marry her. And you know, this is because he's
0: afraid of dying because he has that conversation with Tom right after Gareth's death. And Tom basically has the perspective of what's her name in pride and prejudice. Um, the one the who, Charlotte. Yeah. Just the Charlotte perspective of like, look, I would just like to be married. It sounds nice. And, uh, it's just going to happen someday. And it doesn't have Except to be the Charlotte's
1: poor. And he's like super witch. <laughs> right. But like, yeah. he's but like very
0: similar perspective. He doesn't need an Epic love story. Right. He just wants someone to be married to him. Right. And that's it. And, Oh, did you, I didn't realize this, but the, the
1: last thing that Gareth, when they're at the third wedding, they're all kind of depressed. And he's like, look, we should all go out and find that one person we're going to get married to. Yeah, go and like, forth
0: and conjugate.
1: That's his That's his last edict to them before he dies. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the movie, we see that they all have. Yeah, yeah. And so they're kind of fulfilling his
0: last A wish. A very Shakespearean ending, And might he's I say.
1: And, and, and it's all the more tragic because he was the only one of them that couldn't marry. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> ah, this movie. <laughs> but we get
1: to this wedding and Hugh Grant. Uh, okay. This is another thing about Annie McDowell. It's like find Hugh Grant before the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> like don't show up there. And like, it's the most dramatic way. So I don't know why I'm arguing with it, but
0: I think filmically
1: it's good. I think relationally it shows a bit of selfishness.
0: Yes. She shows up. She's like, Oh, I'm not with my fiance anymore. We broke up after, you know, a couple months or whatever. Um, and Hugh Grant's like, well, that changes everything in my world. And he has a dark soul of the night compressed into like two minutes. Dark soul of the night. Wait, I like, I like. It's when, when a,
1: when a knight is trying to decide what to do. Hmm. Mm, I have a dark soul. Maybe a light soul. <laughs> Why is our knight a muppet?
0: <laughs> and sometimes I play dark souls.
1: <laughs> um, but. The two people that are there for him are John Hanna, mm-hmm. his closest friend, and his brother, who seems to be his other closest friend. Mm-hmm. And they do the best man thing. Yeah. Where they're like, we're going to be behind you. But also, there are a million angry people
0: like or confused people. So you were at your wedding, right? Yeah, I was there. Okay. You didn't seem nervous.
1: Can I tell you a secret? You were robin knows this uh i i wasn't nervous per se but i was so tired oh because of the
0: the weekend's activities yeah yeah. it it was a lot you set up the wedding almost single single single-handedly well with the help of friends yeah um but like the couple days before we played um man that was the best weekend ever can i can hey Post lockdown, can you guys have a reunion with all those same people? Oh,
1: I'd love to do it in September, actually. And we're we're actually thinking about doing a Princess Bride party redo, oh, like we did last that time. That would be so, so much fun. We'll, we'll do it. Like it should be the celebration that brings everybody back together. Yes. Fingers crossed for September. Bring your Fingers vaccine. Crossed. Bring your vaccine card. <laughs> um. But uh. Anyways, so I was really tired. I went upstairs to like nap for half an hour just mm-hmm. because I was just like exhausted, and I hadn't had a chance to have a moment to myself for five days and I woke up and my heart was pounding. Whoa. Not because I was necessarily nervous about getting married. It was just that the, the like everything about mine and Robin's relationship is generally very like, I don't want to say straightforward. It's, it's very whimsical in its way, but it's grounded. It's grounded, yeah, and like, like sometimes that can lull you into a sense of everything's pretty chill, Mm -hmm. you know. It's this is really nice and wonderful. Yeah, you
0: guys were very docile, like going into the wedding. Like you guys were just like, "This is good." But we were really excited though. Yeah, but you were. It was like um, a happy cow kind of thing. Like you guys were just. (laughs) It's the
1: first time anybody's ever called me that, and I love it.
0: Yeah, but like you guys weren't like antsy to get married. You're like, all right, we'll go get married now. Um, it was very chill, very
1: relaxed. The, um, but the thing was like, we had those moments where like I was, I, my heart was pounding. I had to go find her. Cause I'm just like, this is a big decision and I'm really glad we're making it together. But I really just had to like, be like, Hey, this is big and it feels big. And I just need to share that with you. And then right before, I'm not going to say what I said, but, but like before she walked like over that, like little swamp bridge, Yeah. area um to where we were getting married i walked up to her and i was like okay every like i'm not gonna say what i said because it was kind of half dirty but it like (laughs) she had like some excitement nerves and um i i put her at ease and so we kind of were there for each other that day as well yeah
0: sorry that was a long diatribe we can cut that (laughs) no it's it's a good diatribe um but you were at my wedding too right yeah yeah
1: i was (laughs) we were best men at each other's wedding Uh, if anybody didn't know
0: (laughs) i i i wasn't nervous was i Um, you were,
1: but you don't get nervous, like in any sort of agitated, excited way. You were like business Ryan Uh and business Ryan means that Ryan's like, okay, this has to get done. This has to get done perfectly. And I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to be the one that takes care of it. But
0: I certainly had no cold feet about it. No, no cold feet. That's what I don't get about almost all rom-coms is if it's a wedding, either the main, either the male protagonist or female protagonist or whatever protagonist is going to get cold feet about it. Well, you've never been in love with somebody while being in a relationship with somebody. Right. And if I'm getting married to someone, maybe I shouldn't. (laughs) Well, I
1: think, I think humans are complicated. And so I think you're, I love you, but you're not the most complicated man that I know, and that's not that's not derogatory. That I, is a compliment. I,
0: no, I I just think that it is one of the tropes that is a contrivance. Uh, well, we can talk about that in trope talk. Let's talk about in trope talk. Should we take a break now? Let's take a break now.
1: So this dark night of the soul that you're saying happens a lot in especially rom-coms with weddings. Like I'd say more often than not, I think oftentimes we're in relationships in our lives. It just coming from a guy who was a serial monogamist like, um, Hugh Grant, Mm -hmm. where oftentimes in life, you know, you really were, I really was. I, I was in like, like you six you, long-term relationships. You
0: could have the same rogues gallery of like ex-girlfriends at a wedding. Like I'm telling I you, I really you related that to that moment. Yeah. And cause I've seen you around, uh, ex at different points. And oh, sure. You have the same Hugh Grant reaction of like, okay, I can deal with this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but, <laughs> yes. The dark
1: Knight of the soul puts into stark relief all of your, your lies that you've told yourself. Yeah, or not even lies, even just fears, where Hugh Grant knows that he's in love with someone. Is it worth it if it's not going to work out to step away? My friend uh, Chris Caldwell used to call this the balance, where he he said that relationships are always kind of a, a balance. Is what I have now worth losing? Right um and is it balanced out by what i could have yeah and um him and his wife are together and amazing mm-hmm. um th- i get this moment because i have been in a bad relationship and been in love with someone else not in yeah. a way where like i had committed time to being in love with that person yeah. but where i just couldn't stop thinking about what could possibly be.
0: Yeah, and I think the dark night of the soul is not the problem. It's the timing of when that happens. And it's right, right, right before you're getting married. And that's the contrivance part. And that's where it happens most of these movies is that the most inconvenient, dramatic time to have it. And you're right. I'm gonna say you're right,
1: is contrived. But I will also say that when you're, if you're looking at, your wedding is like a metaphor and we can use, I guess the cliff metaphor you're jumping and you're either going to fly or fall Mm -hmm. like Neo. You're yeah. Your foot is over that edge. And if you're not sure you're going to fly, that's, that's the moment that you are like, like, I cannot. Yeah. Like I cannot step over or there's an invisible bridge in front of me. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, This is one of those tropes that I am going to say is contrived, but I relate to so wholeheartedly that I cannot be biased against it.
0: I think that's why I was such a nut job in college that I was so, like, too thoughtful about these girls that I was interested in and, like, only really tried to date women that I was like, no, I can see it going all the way, Mm -hmm. which was... As I'm saying that now, preposterous to think of like, but you didn't even go on a single date with them. And yeah, you don't know what they're assuming like in a relationship. <laughs> but I, it was always girls that I was really close friends with. Mm-hmm. And that's how it ended up with Sarah, is that she was, it was easier to, you know, project that because we knew each other so well in the first place, that when we started dating, it was just kind of like adding one component on to already a pretty good relationship. Sure. Uh, whereas, apparently other people just kind of like dive into these like relationships Uh, i don't know it's called bravery yeah good for them i could never do it it's Uh, it's really hard it
1: and it's it's something that i think you have to like you have to be okay being bad at something when you're young and oftentimes we are way too insecure when we're young to be bad at something we're already bad at everything so why be bad in a way that can
0: like feel super shamey Yeah. So I never was in a position to have the rogues gallery of X's at the table because I never, I never put myself out there in the first place to discover people like that. So I will admit, I will confess, I will concede. I don't have an ability to relate to this plot device as much. But I
1: like that that means that you can look at it academically because you are right. It is, it is this point of an arrow that is like everything is pointed to this moment where two people are saying yes forever. It's not the end of the movie saying, yeah, probably forever. Yeah. It's, it's easy. It's easy. It's like, um, it's like making the Nazis a bad guy in, in a movie. It's like, yeah, okay. This is going to be really easy. Yeah. We, we hate these guys.
0: Yeah. And that's the funny thing is like, if it was in real life, I can just imagine him going through with the wedding and then quietly divorcing hen a few months later right and that's what is kind of the weird magic trick of this movie is I'm
1: glad he's not with hen I'm glad he's with Andy McDowell but I don't feel anything in particular about him being with Andy McDowell it's just I think the healthier choice that he
0: made so let me lay out why I think the film has both a weakness and a strange strength because of the hollowness of their love story yep Oh, I think a lot of the movie has to do with Hugh Grant thinking of what it can be with Andy McDowell.
1: Yeah, because we're, we're told that Hugh Grant isn't a... Sorry, this is an interruption. This is going to probably accentuate your point. We're told that Hugh Grant is afraid of marriage, or at least that's what that's what people have said about him. He hasn't really said that of himself.
0: Yeah. It seems with his other relationships, they had times, but it never grew it always grew stale. It always just kind of hit a plateau and then just kind of fizzled out with all these girls. With Andy McDowell, he has this beautiful magical night. And I, I was talking to Sarah about this. I'm like, I've never had a night like that. I'm glad you and I have great nights. But Kelly's had nights like that. And I'm jealous that he had like, you know, had these wild things that he could probably write movies about, but where we I, talked about Vickers, <laughs> <laughs> but the, that's the dream: is when you go to a wedding, you meet a beautiful person, and things happen, and you, you have sex in a British pub. <laughs> but uh, I've never had that, so I was that was envy for me. That wasn't a lack of ability to connect. That was
1: what, uh, what did you think about their first hookup?
0: Uh, I thought it was sexy. I didn't think it was necessarily romantic because yeah. I didn't think they connected. I just think they had a sexy connection.
1: I agree. I think they had a sexy chemistry. I I don't know if I yeah I'm gonna say it and you can cut it out later if if maybe I like Andy McDowell in Groundhog's Day she She has a
0: wonderful in it
1: she has a down to earth nature that really and an optimism that really is a shield to Bill Murray's cynicism she has a good heart she has a really great heart and I think she's a good actor in that film there's something that falls flat about Andy McDowell in this movie for me that doesn't like in watching her with Hugh Grant. I, there are, there are scenes where I believe it and scenes where it falls
0: very flat for me. I think it's Richard Curtis's greatest failure is her character is so poorly written that when we say, Oh, the script for four weddings is so good. It's like, yeah, but it's got this big black hole that is really bad and it really prevents it from being an A for me. It's like, it can be a B plus at best. I think I,
1: I, I think I might disagree. I think I think the characters are all fleshed out by like their actions and less so what we know about them. And I think that Andy McDowell is no different. I For me, it's really a, like even some of her lines felt 80 yard. There was a disconnect between yeah. me and Andy McDowell. Uh, where there wasn't between me and Hugh Grant in this film.
0: Right, and the thing and is- I, I don't think it's the script. All the other characters are lovable, like the girl who falls for the deaf brother. She she does things for us, and we see it, and we're like, wow, she's got a good heart. Mm-hmm. But I don't see anything that any McDowell- You're right, I,
1: I guess there's nothing really redeemable.
0: I don't know anything about her other than how many guys she slept with. <laughs> like, that's- You know that she only... worked at
1: Vogue- you know that she's That's marrying-
0: what she shares with us. Like, she shares this with Hugh Grant. That's her big, like, I'm going to reveal, this is the aspect of my character I'm going to reveal. Like, the two The two rules about screenwriting is you either move the plot forward or you reveal character. Right. And so, revealing the character of Annie McDowell, that's it. Well, I guess, what can we infer about her? She... she... It
1: has a sense of humor by, like, like how she tries on wedding dresses. And what is
0: that? That That's the same that's, thing in Maid of Honor. Like, what are you doing? Well, why, why are you torturing this guy?
1: I mean, yeah, I, I didn't understand the scene in Maid of Honor. And this one, it's like, this... This seems so inconsiderate that you're taking a guy that, you know, obviously has feelings
0: for you. That you ruthlessly slept with twice. Yeah. And And are you trying to like make it platonic now? Because this is just the inverse of that. It's you're just torturing. I think it's less of him
1: not writing her. Like, I I don't think she's a well-written character. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I dislike her. I, 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 I I blase her. Um, And I think that is a poor thing. Because we know she can act. Right. We know she can act. I I I just think there's a um I guess there's a a lack of of something to hold on to with how she's written. I think yeah. when when you're pointing out like there's nothing good about her, there's nothing that like when when we get what's the
0: difference between her and Julia Roberts in Notting Hill? Yeah. Well, you know, part of the thing and that's an interesting phenomenon is that Hugh Grant already feels like he knows her. And that's the thing about movie stars with personas is mm. like, I feel like I know you.
1: Yeah, but we get the scene with Julia Roberts mm. where not only do they um does she meet his friends and she's yep. wonderful with his friends, but yes. then they go on a uh walk and she jumps a, a wall that he's horrible at
0: jumping. We get she's that adventurous. she's adventurous. We get that she has insecurities and fears. She's and she's anxieties. Cheeky.
1: And with with this character of Annie McDowell, I just don't know what's redeemable about her.
0: Yeah, and you know what's and the good thing is like Richard Curtis like corrects this because I feel like in about time with Rachel McAdams uh with what is what's her character's name Tim and Mary Mary. with Mary we get one night with Mary right where they go to dinner and it's the blind to dinner right and they have this really wonderful flirty conversation and like it's what I've always talked about. You feel like you're on that date yeah, and you're just like, Oh, this is, this is so good. Like I'm, I'm falling in love with this girl that I, I don't know what she looks like, but just from how she sounds just something, something's there. And the plot hinges on this aspect of like, he had this great meet cute with Mary, Tim does, but then things get messed up in the timeline and he's got to start all over. And Tim's like, Fuck, I don't, how am I going to do this? And we're just sitting there and we're like, Go man, you can do it. You gotta find Mary. She's the best. We're so we're so on board with Tim going for it. And this, I'm just like, yeah, I, I get it. It was a sexy night. I just don't know why it's so important. It's all indicative of the like the next time they hook up
1: when they say goodbye to each other. It's just that he looks at her, she looks back at him from the bed, and then he walks out the door without knowing what to say.
0: Yeah. And I, they have these sexy encounters and, and then when he sees her again uh, and his horrific Hawaiian t-shirt or whatever it is, and he says, I think I love you in the words of David Cassidy, I get, I get it. I, I I do get it. He says, I think I love you. (laughs) Right. And, and he's, I think what he's begging for there
1: is like. Come find out with me.
0: Yeah, be- he's he's saying, there's this strange chemistry that we have. I, I am supernaturally attracted to you. I can't even explain it. Can we rewrite the movie right here? Let's rewrite it.
1: You write your first draft with your heart. And you rewrite with your head. I think it would have been interesting if they tried to get the two of them to go out on a real date that night Mm -hmm. and something happened that called him away. Oh oh, yeah. Like where they're going out on a date and she's like kind of testing the waters and he's kind of seeing, maybe I can convince her to call off this wedding and date me instead. And he runs away and does something like, like noble yeah, he or, gets pulled
0: away for a good reason.
1: Right. And they are not able to reconnect or then she has to like leave town right after that. Yeah. And the next like time that he reaches out, she doesn't pick up the phone.
0: That's That doesn't
1: fix her character but, though.
0: But that's, I think you're kind of like... You're Richard Curtis after this movie of like, I think it is a really fatal flaw that he has figured out for Notting Hill and About Time. Because Notting Hill, that's what happens is yeah. that she gets pulled away and it's like, God, like this was going so good. like right. It could have been something, but I live in Notting Hill, you live in Beverly Hills. And that's like the tragedy. <laughs> it's the same thing with About God Time. Court movies left and right today. <laughs> it's the same thing with About Time. It's just like uh, he's got to rejigger that timeline because it's so important that they get together. We're not really rooting for that in the middle of this movie. Yeah, I I, like and we haven't even talked about the end where
1: she we we talked about the trope where she comes to the wedding and he breaks off the wedding. And good thing, too, because Hen punches him (laughs) and is mean to her dad when he walks her down the aisle. But he deserves sounds like a real pill. He
0: deserves to get punched. (laughs) No, I'm not saying that he deserves the punch 100 percent. Well, I'm not going to condone violence, but. (laughs) He He deserves the punch, but he shouldn't be punched. Let's say that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I I think she also doesn't I everybody deserves happiness, but she, she was, seems like a pill.
0: She was never gonna be happy with Hugh Grant. No,
1: and he was never gonna be happy with her. They were just going I think she she had this look on, on her face like, I am going to have won. I'm this going to thing. be married. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter to who. Uh I think she's I think there's a a vengeful like there's longing a, in her yeah to to marry him
0: there's some kind of he like broke her heart yeah it's just like <laughs> you're right <laughs> i don't know but
1: uh when andy mcdowell comes and finds him because he's at his house just like amongst his best friends commiserating, commiserating and feeling like shit because you would like yeah. it's not a good thing to leave somebody at an altar it's yeah. sometimes the most truthful thing but it's not a good thing yeah and then she comes, and like is like, "By the way, I'm sorry, uh, don't come out, okay, bye, and she like starts leaving, and then he runs after her, and he he says his line of, "Do you think that you could be with me forever but not
0: marry me? Mm-hmm. do you think that they didn't get married i I don't know, I think that's a clever line that doesn't mean anything, <laughs>
1: yeah it, it's kind of one of those things where it's like. I haven't seen anything from Hugh Grant that says that he doesn't want to marry someone. All I've seen is that he hasn't found the right person yet. Yeah.
0: So what i found in this newest rewatch is an appreciation for the hollowness and making it okay to like the movie yeah. because it seems to me his conundrum is there's something about this girl I don't know her very well at all. We haven't really dated, but I can't get her out of my mind. And it's almost... Uh, almost defies logic and I wish he had a conversation with a friend and maybe maybe that's the magic of the movie is that they never really lampshade this this kind of like strangeness to his conundrum of like if he could just tell someone it's just like I can't I don't get why I'm so crazy about her I barely know her I barely dated her and maybe that would be cliche because that sounds like such a like Disney Channel problem to have Mm -hmm. like oh she's so magical but I think that's the thing is like Him sitting at his wedding, this girl who he slept with twice is here and he's really considering throwing it all away for this girl he barely knows. And there's something that tells me about him and his character that he would consider such a thing and his romanticism in his heart that he would actually think of another person that way. And that's why he would throw everything away because there's this strange passion that's almost... uh, alien-like mystery. And I, I get it. So yeah. I, I, like, I like it. It's just kind of like, I can't get into it because I think no one can really understand it. All right. I'm going to ask you a question because I agree. Do you think that Hugh
1: Grant is an optimist or a pessimist in this film? I think he's like Miyazaki. He's an optimist pessimist. I agree. He's somebody who's so jaded at this point in time of his life for not having found somebody that he can have a good relationship with. But yet he is optimistic because he's looking like he he does the optimistic thing and saying, no, there's got to be better, something better out there. Yeah. Now I'm going to ask you, is Andy McDowell an optimist or a pessimist? I don't know. I don't know either. (laughs) And I feel like most characters, I can tell you this. Or at least I can say like where
0: they are on a spectrum. And with Andy McDowell, I just don't know. And what's weird is it feels like, and this is what's I get from Andy McDowell's personas that she feels, she seems really open hearted to us. And that's where we get with Rita and Groundhog Day where it's just like, she's, she's got a kind, gentle soul to this, this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she brings that persona to this movie and and maybe it's the casting. Maybe if it was someone more mysterious and more sultry and more, a je ne sais quoi, a, I don't know what. Well, I think if you make
1: her too, I think if you make her like the, like what's, what's the male equivalent? Like if you make her a, um, who's a suave, suave guy. (sighs) Who, who? Okay, if you make her a George Clooney, mm-hmm. like if she's a Catherine Zeta-Jones type, that's that's my my. Yeah. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Um, <laughs> what was that? Oh, it's a song. I like it. It's about entrapment. It's fine. <laughs> um, but if you have a Catherine Zeta-Jones type, I I don't think that we believe that she's someone that Hugh Grant can and will. Like, I feel like Hugh Grant in this movie needs somebody down to earth. And so I was thinking, what if you had somebody who was the most American pie out of anybody and put Meg Ryan in this role?
0: Meg Ryan.
1: Because what we want is somebody who has an effervescence that is charming enough to charm someone, but also has something that is deep within them that kind of gets masked by this effervescence
0: yeah because kathleen kelly and you got mail when tom hanks meets her in the bookshop Mm -hmm. and they have the conversation i don't know about you but i don't want to leave the the shop exactly i want to stay there
1: so that's the charm
0: i don't have that feeling with andy mcdowell in this movie i
1: don't either like Um, i'm glad
0: when he's leaving it's like well that was a good night yeah bye
1: I'm like, well, she's got to go to America. This is going to be a fun story to tell the guys and Scarlett because she's her roommate.
0: Yeah. Um, she's your bro.
1: And, and then in addition, she doesn't seem super down to earth. She's like quoting John Lennon at her wedding. And it's, it feels so weirdly inappropriate because it's like, she's American and she's at the Scottish wedding. And she's like, and in the words of John Lennon, in the words of this Liverpool bloke, I don't know. Yeah, it just seems like her character. It's, there's something that Richard Curtis fixed for his next films.
0: He where, figured it out. Yeah, and maybe I, I think he, I think it would have still been would have worked if it was just one good date, and he's going off yeah. of one good date.
1: We need to know something about her. Like she mentions her dad had died at the wedding, but I need to connect that to something that Hugh Grant knows. Yeah, you know, like something that like really enriches her. Yeah. But,
0: good movie, a really good movie. It because of her will always play second fiddle to Notting Hill, yeah, and third fiddle to About Time, which About Time is more transcendent than Notting Hill. Like About Time feels so much bigger than Notting Hill wants to be for mm. good reason, yeah. Um, so when you're so if you're new to the Richard Curtis oeuvre. Uh, basically your starter pack is... I think this is a good place to start. This is the great starting pack. It's like, okay, this is a great time. Then move on up to Notting Hill, which is the great, like, genre film of the rom-com mm-hmm. and then About Time is the great film where it transcends genre. Yeah. It's, it's Yes, it's a rom-com, I'm but even it's, okay. it's bigger than that.
1: I'm okay with, if you're starting out with Richard Curtis, you can skip Love Actually. I know I'm going to get burned at but, the stake oh. here. But no, I mean, it's People not a bad movie. People are turning on that movie, though. They are. Um, I, I don't... I, I think it's... I, I enjoy it personally, but I think the other films have m- more more to them yeah yeah um right, Ryan then I I have to ask you because I'm almost rom-com Oscar hungover from last week (laughs) but what would you give this movie do you have any left do you have a rom-com
0: Oscar (laughs) yeah yeah um since it's uh, I think we're are we calling this season 2 now that we have Yeah, had... this is season 2, episode 1. Okay, season 2, so I get to start her off right just like last year. But... <laughs> we're 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 coming we're, we're coming uh, <laughs> we're going to we're going to find out what's in the hatch. <laughs> uh best ensemble. Once again, here we are. Fair. Um I love I love all these friends so much and I sp- I have. Do you have rom-com smile when you're watching characters be yeah. cute? And I'm just like gushing at them, yeah, and just like, mm. I gush at Rowan Atkinson in this movie, and like he's yeah. he's chatting with Fiona, and he's just kind of like being awkward. I think Fiona was hitting on him. I yeah, think Fiona I th- wanted to bone was, down with. She him. was playing with him like a cat. In the yeah, back. yeah. Oh, she is a cat and he is a mouse for <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, she was playing with him, just batting him back and forth with her little paw, and
1: he's just getting more and
0: more bashful. <laughs> yeah, and he's really cute, and I can just picture being friends with him at university, like mm, mm-hmm. like me being a theology minor, especially of like I know these guys, like just. <laughs> they're they're adorable and shy like that and I love it and I love all the other friends and I want to be I want to be friends with all these people and a good rom-com is you want to be in love with the people that are in love but it's like with Richard Curtis rom-coms that's not as important. What's important is you want to be friends with all these people. And he does that with like,
1: not even like by proxy. There's uh, at Bernard's wedding, Bernard and Lydia. They're getting photos taken on the steps outside mm-hmm. of this big downtown church. Right. Yeah. And Tom keeps getting in the way. Cause he's like doing stuff as best man. And he's like running doof. across the photos and he's such a doof. And like, we're getting to know more about Tom in that moment.
0: I really think we know more about Tom in this movie than we know about Andy McDowell. I oh yeah, much more. Like that's that's
1: hello. He Richard loves Curtis. He loves dogs. Like <laughs> I could just say that about him and I think we know more about him.
0: Yeah, and we're moved by him. We yeah.
1: we really care for him. Like we get we he talks to Hugh Grant about like and it's played for a joke, but it's it's also true. He's like, you know, he hasn't been this sad since his dog died, like <laughs> when he was fourteen or something. Yeah. And that's that's a it makes him a real person. Mm-hmm. Um, did you catch the old like grandma that was like sleeping on the steps during the last photo at Burner's wedding? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, good. Um, best ensemble. Best ensemble. Can I just give it the same Oscar? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a double best ensemble. Yeah. I it really just needs to be drilled into you guys because
1: I, I, that was mine and I couldn't just think of another one and I don't want to force it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Let me ask you. Wait, you want to ask me something? I want to ask you something. Is it still raining?
0: (laughs) You dope. (laughs) Of course it's still raining. Who do you love?
1: Are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you
0: might be more than just good friends? The truth of it is I I've loved you from the first second I met you. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not
1: even at all. You have bewitched me, body and soul, and I love, and love, and love you. I know. So the um, Scarlet's great. She falls in love with this uh, big hunky Chester. Uh, yeah, American guy. I don't think I'm her type, though. Um, uh, for me, it, I I couldn't like. I man, I I just love Gareth. But he's too much for me. Yeah, he is. And so that leaves me with not Fiona. She's too dark, super sultry and sexy. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going with who would I fall in love with? It's between Hugh Grant, John Hannah, and Hugh Grant's brother.
0: Mm-hmm. All gentle people. Very I, good kind. I think I'm
1: going with John Hannah. Yeah. Like I could grow old with John Hannah. Mm-hmm. Easy. Uh, that's because he quotes poetry. He quotes he quotes uh, that Auden poem. Um, his accent is just fucking sexy. Yeah, and um, he's a he's a straight up and down gentleman. Yeah, and I I like that.
0: I like that in my men. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Scarlet, as I previously mentioned, because oh my lord, I. Oh your' Atlanta Oh my Atlanta <laughs> uh, I have got a thing for pe- petite cute petite women and she she checks those boxes I yeah, can't fault you there. She's spunky and she's just fun and yeah and you're tall she likes yeah, that I, I think I got a shot with yeah. scarlet <laughs> I've got a shot
1: um, yeah I mean I, let's let's have a wedding one right after the other. Yeah. And they, they both, they both like. We see that she's with him, and then we also get to see that John Hannah is with, um, some other guy at his mm-hmm. wedding afterwards, which is good. Everybody, who does Fiona get with? The Prince Charles. Prince. <laughs> <laughs> which okay makes sense. She's a lady. Uh, yeah, that's true. Hey, here's to, here's to starting this March off
0: on a much better note.
1: Yeah, on a on at least a note that we're used to. <laughs>
0: yeah, where well, this is more familiar.
1: I mean, we can wait till March 15th and like really see if that holds true, but yeah. um, I'm getting my um, my second vaccine dose in on March 10th be- because I started working for uh, a frontline health company, which is really cool. Very excited about that. Um, your wife's going to hopefully be getting one soon.
0: Yeah. I don't She's know in- why you... She's checking every day. She's trying to get her... So they just today updated the system on how it works in Oregon. And so in order
1: to make it more accessible. Cool. So hopefully that'll happen. Um, But besides that, I think um, like if if you want to email us um, and you loved Andy McDowell and you're just like, she is the cat's pajamas of characters. You're wrong, but tell us what you think.
0: Or if you are Andy McDowell and you wanna tell us you're we're wrong and I,
1: if you just want to tell us like your experience, come on the show.
0: I really want to figure out a way to interview her. Yeah. Because I wanna know about Groundhog Day, four weddings, uh green card, uh sex size and videotape. Like she's She's up there with some of the great romantic films of, you know, 90s and aughts. And I, I want to know what her favorite film is. Like, what's is her? Green
1: Book one of the... Green Card. Oh, with, Green Card. I'm Drouard sorry. Depard- I heard Green Book and I'm like, I don't think she's <laughs> in that. Or is it romantic? It's Droid
0: Depardieu. Depardieu. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Email us, romcomgents at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram at romcomgents. Hit us up on Patreon if you want to be part of the community and the fun that we are kicking off over there. Mm -hmm. We have Nazca, the Valley of the Wind this month for a bonus episode. We've got everybody
0: voting on all the movies uh, that we're going to do. That's going to go for the next three weeks. Yeah, and it's currently Whisper of the Heart. So if you want to make sure that it wins, vote for Whisper of the Heart. Or if you want it to be 13 going on 30 and help me out, that'd be great. Yes. Um what are we watching next week? Oh. Give me a number. Um since this is the first episode, I'm saying number one. Oh shit. <laughs> All right. We are in for the classic of classics, the creme de la creme. It's Casablanca. <laughs> All right. Well join us next week uh where we'll
1: be talking like bogey.
0: Bogey, one of the great classics of our time. Not our time. We didn't make it. And Lauren Bacall? No, Ingrid Bergman. Ingrid Bergman, that's right. Sorry, he was married to Lauren Bacall. Yes, Ingrid Bergman was married to Lauren Bacall.
1: Ryan, I love you. I love that we're doing this again. One more year. One more more year. And then
0: another year after that. And then one year after that. 50 more years. 50 more years. 50 more years. years. Okay, I love you too.
1: And this is where we will say goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu, thank you for listening to our review, rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe, see you next week on a gentleman's guide to romcoms.